0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Hello and welcome to our Optus Sport podcast, a little preview of the Women's World Cup 2019 Group C, which of course includes Australia, our Golden Girls, the Matildas, up against Brazil, Italy and Jamaica. And joining me for a little discussion today, former Socceroo and now Sydney FC coach Ante Juric, former Matilda, Heather Garriok and Tal Karp. Great to have all of you here today. Looking forward to your insight into this one. What an exciting
2: group this is certainly is, Amy. Um, It's going to be fantastic to start off with uh, Italy, Um, but for our Golden Girls, I think it's going to be a a big tournament, especially playing in in the home of football in France. So, can't wait to see how the Matildas go. Let's dive in with the first question. Tal, I'm coming to you first. What is the headline of Group C
3: going to be? It's, of course, going to be Matildas waltz through. They top the table. (laughs) Nice pun there. (laughs) Heather, what do you think? I think it's going to be Matildas struggle against Italy
2: and then top the group.
4: I'll go Matilda's World Champions champions and question mark.
1: Wow, very good. Let's hope that they all come true. So let's look at this Australian squad. Of course, it's not our first foray at a World Cup. We've got a few under our belt now. Best finish ever, sixth in 2007. Eighth last time, or seventh last time we hit the turf over in Canada. How do you assess the squad
2: Look, I think this Matilda squad is, um, has got a very high expectation on themselves um, and from, from the general public, they're our golden girls, and the expectation of how they need to do it, this particular World Cup, is massive. And I don't think we've gone into a World Cup with an expectation. Uh, the expectation and is to, to get out of the group. So for the general public and for them in camp, is they want to try and go all the way. So for me, it's um, a, a lot of pressure on them and can they handle the pressure.
3: I agree. There is such a weight of expectation, but you know what? We've got a mix of great experience as well as youth that I think can really make sure that we stay calm and level-headed as we go through something that, that is so heavy and burdensome in terms of expectation. What do you think, Ante?
4: I think adding to that, in terms of the squad, I think it's uh, it's got a good balance to it. So there's, there's experienced players in that squad that aren't as uh, chosen. Uh, there's a couple of youngsters in there. So I think they'll be able to handle the pressure, but in terms of... Um, uh, the squad as a as a unit, I think they're quite decent and there's experienced players, like I said, that'll step up, I think.
1: Obviously, with a change of coach earlier in the year and limited time for their new coach, Ante Milicic, to have a look at the girls and watch them play, were you surprised by some of the selections?
4: I was probably most surprised about Tegan Mika. However, she probably won't be used, so it might be for the future. Mary Fowler wasn't surprised at all. Um, speaking to Ante a little bit while ago and also seeing Mary in action she's going to boom onto the scene. So people will see how good she is and what a world-class player she is. And I predict she'll be one of the best in the world, maybe not in the next two years, but best in the world by the time she's 20 years old.
2: Look, I think we're putting an expectation on Mary Fowler. I do think that she's a, an X factor in the Matildas, and I agree um, to select a player like that is is an unknown, especially for other teams being able to scout her. Um, and I think Ante touched on balance, and Ante's a type of coach that wanted balance and two players in each position. And... Um, whereas Stadge was the opposite. He, he wanted adaptability and flexibility amongst his squad, so I just pe- picked the, the best players at that particular time. And someone like Akia Simon, who, let's say she's not fit at the moment, but, man, she's produced in, in major tournaments, I think it's really important um, that we have those players. And I think from an a, attacking point of view, I think we're potent in attack and we've got some X-Factor mm. players, even off the bench, uh, Hayley Rasson, uh, Gilnick, uh, Mary Fowler. Um, if Lisa Devan not starting... Then she comes off the bench. She is absolutely world class. So in attack, I think we'll score a lot of goals. We haven't mentioned the biggest two players, Kerr and Caitlin Ford. Absolutely. <laughs> so obviously Kerr's best in the world, but defensively, um, I think we're going to struggle defensively, and then our depth in the in defence. If we get any injuries, and we we can see Steph Catley's coming back from from a calf injury as well, um, which is which is tough, and also Lydia Williams from a goalkeeping perspective. She hasn't played many minutes, so, yeah, it's, it, it's going um, to be tough.
1: The World Cup is the pinnacle of football and, and certainly in the women's game, something that every player has on their bucket list to achieve. It's not even a bucket list, it is the ultimate goal, is it not? How important is the World Cup in the world of Australian
3: football? I think it's huge. And it's especially huge now. It's a good news story amidst all of the controversies that we've had in football of late. The Matildas have absolutely captured the public imagination and this World Cup gives them and us an opportunity to continue to build their profile in what is the global game. You know, it, it provides us an opportunity uh, to continue to progress the momentum that we're building so well.
4: Yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, I'll, I'll probably add, and hopefully I don't, sound harsh, but the A-League and the W-League I think have stagnated a little bit in terms of fans and viewing it, so something like this, uh, with the Matildas at the World Cup, if they excel or do well, it's so huge for Australian football in general to lift it up a little bit, because I think it has stagnated uh, local football in a lot of ways, so I think it's going be great.
3: Just think of all the little girls and boys watching on. And we know after big competitions, there is such a spike in participation numbers. So how exciting that our beautiful game, which is already the biggest club participation sport in the country, is just going to boom after this World Cup. Let's leverage that. Let's harness that momentum.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And uh, the most important thing is um, just female role models, especially uh, being on the world stage. The Matildas are the darlings of women's sport in Australia at the moment. And there's no better feeling and there's no better... um, better thing than Australians love and that's winning and um, everyone supports a team that wins uh, most definitely and I think the Matildas have done that in in recent years that's why everybody's fallen in love with them well we've fallen in love with them on
1: home soil we've had a few amazing games here in Australia and the chance to see this the Matilda side on home soil but I would like to get your thoughts on the results leading into the World Cup It's really important to get some good quality games under your belt, some good quality opposition and a great chance to showcase and have a look at players. But what have you made of the results coming into the World Cup?
4: I think they've struggled a little bit. So last year and a half in my book, um, while Stadge was there and now while Ante Milicic is there, um, not just results, because they've had some results, but I just think the performance and the way they've played, they looked tired for a while there. Um, They stepped up now in the Tournament of Nations, however... Ante probably looked at that as looking at players rather than results, even though he got the uh, positive results off that. So I don't think they've been too good or hit, a, hit a, a high level until now. But you know what? You want to peak at the World Cup and not a year out. So that's a positive in that sense. And hopefully the girls have freshened up now and will do uh, us justice.
2: Yeah, just to touch on that as well, I, I think you're right. Um, I think our benefit going into the World Cup Four years ago was we were all together. We had a ten ten week camp. Everyone could gel together. We had actually no injuries going into that World Cup. Not one injury, especially in our starting lineup. Whereas this World Cup, um, we do. We've got about five or six injuries. We've got players that haven't played for for many games. We've got players that haven't played for their clubs. We've got players coming back from injury. I think that's a that's a massive thing and um, obviously the outsiders don't see that. They just see the publicity and, and the media and the golden girls and how, how we want to go all the way. But at the same time, this is really important because if you haven't played games and you've been out of the game for weeks, you know these one, one percenters are so important. So I think that's a big thing for the Matildas going into the World
4: Cup. Can I ask why you think there's been so many injuries? Because there has been over the last year. Um, is it over playing or, or training or has been a lot? been a lot.
2: Yeah, look, let's face it I, th- I think you're right. I think the girls are just overworked. Um, they play, whether they play in their clubs overseas in the NWSL and then they come back and they're expected to play for W League and then not only do they play for W League but during the W League last season they had to play internationals as well so they're playing massive amounts of games and there's no rest, there's no da- downtime and the players in their minds don't think they need to take downtime because they don't want to get unfit or they, or they don't want to lose that edge. So yeah, I think you're right yeah. there needs to be a, a mandatory break. Some of the star players
1: that this team has, though, who have played on and on include Alana Kennedy, include uh, our midfielders, include superstars like Sam Kerr, who hasn't had much of a break lately either. Look, she is the obvious standout for the team, but who else is really crucial in our
2: success? Look, personally for me, I, I've loved the fact Dante's come in and, and taken a chance. Um, there's obviously so many attacking options, especially our wingers as well. And he's taken a chance in, um, in, in Caitlin Ford to put her as a number 10. And for me, that, that is crucial. Um, and I think it's a great tactical move because both Sammy and, and Caitlin play so well off each other. And Caitlin can make those third man runs and Sam normally drops in. So I think she, those two, that combination is going to be exceptional at the World Cup.
3: Vital combination and how amazing it is, is it? Caitlin, third World Cup at 24 years old. That's just ridiculous. I might talk about Steph Catley because we've talked about the concerns about injury and Heather, you referred earlier to the danger of the cohesiveness of that backline. Steph Catley seems so structurally important to that backline as she's crucial to that stability. The girls look to her, her calm, her experience. She's also got pace and athleticism to boot. If she's not there because of an injury... What does that do to our back line?
4: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And she's a leader on the park as well. I'm going to add to that someone who's been a standout for us for the last three years is Lydia Williams. She's not playing at the moment, which is a big uh, negative for our team. Um, so she needs to be fit. But I just remember... At the last World Cup, she got us to where we got to. At the Olympic qualifiers, she got us to the Olympics. At the Olympics, she saved us the game after game. So she's someone that, even though we might dominate and score some goals, she'll stop things on the other end, which you need to stop. Um, So I just hope she's fit and ready to play.
3: Such a commanding presence at that back.
4: Yeah, Yeah, she's super, yeah.
3: Well, assuming all
1: goes well in the group games, because I think we're all hoping that Tal's headline's correct and the Matildas waltz all the way through, how important is it it to finish on top of the group as we go forward? Important for confidence, I'm sure, and points, but how important is it once we get
2: past that group stage? Look, I think it's super important um, to top the group. Uh, but there's, it's a double edged sword because if you top the group, um, you're going to remain on the on, on the same side as us, and and you, you don't really run into a, an England or a, or a Germany or a France. Um, but also in saying that, if you do drop points within the in the group stage and you still get through as a top two team, then. It keeps you honest as a team, and it builds adversity, and it builds, uh, it, it builds that strength within the team. So I think, um, I think it's a double-edged sword, but it's just really important, I think, for, for confidence in, in the
3: players and also in the staff as well. I think it's critical for us to come first in this group. You, read, you referred to confidence, and I absolutely agree to that. But to make it into the quarterfinals and beyond, if we top the group... We play third in Group A, B or F. If we come second, if my calculation was right, we play the second place team in Group A. That's France or Norway. That's a dangerous place to play. So to give us the best opportunity, plus there's also a time advantage, I think we get an extra day in recovery, which might not sound like much, but it can be if you've got injuries in contention. I think it's critical.
4: Yeah, I'll follow on with that. I actually think that the the extra day,
0: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
4: is the key Um, in terms of who we play you want to top the group again with confidence but in saying that if we think we're one of the best countries in the world you should be able to take on anyone so um, regardless of that your mentality should be strong um, you want to come first, you want to play the next team. If, but if you do come second, I think we'll still be confident in, in winning against whoever we have. But however, like you said, in terms of the extra day, I think that's a huge key in the tournament football.
1: We made the quarterfinals 07, 11, and 15. Is anything less than that a failure? And where do you think they will finish, Hal?
3: Look, I think a failure is putting it too highly. There are more teams in this World Cup than there have ever been. There is a whole nother round to get through, to get through to the quarterfinals to begin with and then into the semi. So, failure is putting it too highly, but I would absolutely say it would be a disappointment.
4: I think it's a failure if we don't get out of the group stage.
3: Surely we'll get through the group yeah, stage. You hope so, knock
4: on wood, let's knock on wood here. But I hope so, and that, that'll be a huge failure. However, going beyond that, um, again, you want to get to a certain stage because of the players we have at the moment. If we don't get through this World Cup at, to a high level, maybe a semis or something, and I hope this is not a bad prediction, I don't think we'll be able to do it for 15 years or so.
2: I think that's a bit much, aren't they? <laughs> younger
4: Good younger ones. Young Another guns coming through. Um,
2: I do think you're right with the playing group and um, where they're peaking at the moment. And we just spoke about Caitlin Ford as third World yeah. Cup, 24 years same old. Same as Alana. Yeah, same as Alana. Um I, the, the players are peaking at the moment and this is the generation for us to do it and this is the World Cup. It's it's the perfect scene. It's a perfect scenario. Sam Kerr is scoring goals week in, week out in the club team. So I think this is the best opportunity we've got. Yeah, I think uh, using Tal's word, it would be a huge disappointment. She used disappointment. I'll use huge disappointment if we don't make semifinals because they're expected to and we're expected to and the reason why we've got a new coach in for the Matildas is because... They were panicking because we wanted to to do so well. And is a fantastic coach, a fantastic technical coach, and has done all his homework. So there's no reason why we can't go all the way.
1: Well, let's hope that that is the case, Heather. Of course, we could talk Matildas all day, but there is some opposition against them in Group C, including Brazil. Now, Australia has quite a history with Brazil. 13 times we've faced this nation, and we've certainly had the better of them more recently but they are probably the obvious threat to australia
4: yeah they're an obvious threat um i think they're in a bit of a rebuild and if you look at the last couple of results i don't think we've lost for about five games you might be able to help me out H. not Heather.
1: since the olympics
4: yeah there you go not so since they beat
1: us in the olympics
4: oh yeah that was on penalties though, so we don't count that <laughs> <up>. <laughs> but yeah that's so they're in a rebuild um so it's a great time for us to play them again we've not lost to them for a while um but they do have a lot of class in Brazil is Brazil, so they're going to bring a lot of history and football there. So
3: Anto, do you think there's any difference here? They seem to be a tournament team, and we've played them a lot of times lately in friendlies or in smaller competitions. They really step up when the going gets tough. Do you think that might change?
4: I hope it does or it doesn't – well, yes, I hope it does because a, they are a tournament team. But, again, I think this is a new generation, a new team. Um, I think they've been shocked a little bit by losing to Australia. You don't lose to Australia when you're Brazilian. So I think there's a little bit of a negative Well, vibe you do every time well, since well, they uh, beat us at exactly, the Olympics. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. In their mind, they done <laughs> They'd look at us, oh, we can't lose to Kangaroos. That's the mentality. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I think um, – yeah. Well,
2: what Tal said is uh, they 're a tournament team. they are absolutely a tournament team yeah. because a Bra- Brazilian federation doesn 't take them seriously they don 't pay them the amount of money they should be paid. they go out they 're farmed out to the clubs and, and go to Europe or they go to the states and play and then when they come back and it 's World Cup time or Olympic time that 's when Brazil pumps money into them and I know um, that they 're going to be in camp ten weeks before the World Cup so for me that 's a massive that's thing dangerous, it's, it, isn't yeah it? it is very dangerous so uh, whilst Italy are a threat, I think Brazil's going to be a threat because they've got some real young guns coming through as well. You've got the likes of young Camilla, um, who plays for Orlando. She's just done her ACL 12 months ago. She's six months pa- post-ACL, a- but she's a gun player. Then you've got Andressa, who holds a midfield as well. Not to mention Marta, who's maybe... People would say she's over the hill, but she can turn it on at a World Cup as well and can score goals with that left peg. So, and the experience is there for her leading the team around the park as well. Yeah, exactly. So um, they still have the players. Um, defensively, they're, they're astute as well. So um, they do have the players and they, they'll want to they'll uh, beat Australia at the, at
3: the World Cup, especially after what happened on home soil uh, against Australia last year. Talking about players, we can't also go beyond Formiga. She's 41. I think she's done six World Cups or something like that. So if she can do it, there's time for all of us still. Heather, (laughs) Pull the boots back on H. (laughs) Sounds good to me. I do have a question for you, Heather. Yes. I mean, is there a danger here of resting on our laurels because they are such a known quantity? We have played them, as Amy said, 13 times. How would you approach something like that, knowing them so well?
2: Um, I think uh, somebody like Ante that probably doesn't know them as well as what we do. I'm sure he's done his video analysis and I'm sure he's um, done a lot of homework and um, have got the games that they've played. Let's, let's remember Brazil have just played um, five games and they've played the top ten teams, three out of the top ten teams. And they've played the two my two dark horses in Spain and and Scotland, um, two narrow losses, a 2-1 to Spain and a 1-0 to Scotland. So um, they've played five top teams, so they're serious about and they're not, this And they're not
1: big results, are they? Like, there's no a big difference in the, in the goals there.
2: France and, and England they've played and they've, they've lost mm. narrowly. So um, Bra- Brazil are certainly, certainly a team that we can't take lightly and they've beaten us in the major tournaments. First up for Australia, though,
1: Italy. This has a little place in my heart because it's 20 years since Italy has played at a World Cup. Used to be quite a strong nation, went into the nether regions of nowhere and have made their way back for the first time in 20 years to a World Cup. How do we see them?
4: They're going to be defensively good, I think. I think the last time we played them was in the Cyprus Cup. I think we beat them 4-0. That's four years ago. Um, since then they've obviously improved as well and got through. They're always a defensive-minded and a strong team and they've got a huge history like Brazil, so I'm sure they'll uh, do everything they can to get a point or three against us.
3: We talked about the danger of the known before. I feel like with Italy and Jamaica too, there's a bit of a danger of the unknown in the sense that we haven't really seen them. But one of the things that really strikes me in respect of this outfit is that all of them play, except for one in the Italian League, and eight of them play... Juventus what does that do in terms of team understanding cohesion team understanding cohesion
2: uh just like when I I touched on the Matildas being in camp for 10 weeks before the last World Cup it's a whole season together whole season or W League season um and then Brazil as well um but I'm going to speak to you Ante for me when I think of Australia v Italy what do you think about
4: uh the tackle the non-tackle, the penalty? Is the penalty. So that, that, is, that that's still six.
2: yeah, that still is a burning feeling of that mine. That us. Yeah, and that first game, um, that's payback. And whether it's men's football or women's football, um, I think they're going to play with similar styles. I think they've got some quality players. You've got the Juventus striker, Bonasi, who's quality. Um, she, she can score goals for Juventus. You've got a striker in Gorelli as well, who are in the qualifiers. She scored seven goals. In fact, her idol was Del Piero, um, so obviously we know. Um, we love Del Piero being in the A-League, So, and the last time they were in the quarterfinals was 91. So they've got a point to prove why they should be there, and extending the teams for this World Cup to 24, that's why the likes of a team like that, a European team like that, gets an opportunity like this.
1: Well, they're ranked 15th. Next on the list, Jamaica. What an unknown quantity for Australia to face. They are ranked 53rd, the third finisher in qualifying, but it went down to penalties, towel. I know you like these girls, and I think it's because of their name, Reggae Girls. With a, and with a Z. With a Z, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's why we've all picked it up. But tell us what you know about
3: Jamaica. Oh, there's such a good news story. They went for so many years without real funding, and then stepping into the foray to help them was none other than than Bob Marley's daughter. Sadella Marley has come in with the goods in the spirit of pursuing things in the name of gender equality. Uh, She's come in, she's supported them. It's a real rags-to-riches tale. And, you know, there's some real depth in the squad in terms of having dealt with adversity, which is really admirable. I want to talk about their captain, Khadijah Shaw, Bunny is um, because she was well-known to eat carrots when she was a smaller person. I quite like that. (laughs) (laughs) Khadija. I love these random (laughs) facts. It's all about the Google. Um, Look, she's had an extraordinary amount of tragedy and she was actually Guardian Footballer of the Year last year in recognition of that. She has led a life where three of her brothers were lost to uh, gang violence, a further to a car accident, and then she lost another two nephews, Um, to some horrific incidences so to her life is very short she's bringing that depth um, that real understanding of adversity to her captaincy and um, I just I'm so excited to see what she does and what this team um, of just really energized excited women will do on that park.
2: Yeah, and no, I'm the same. Um, from a mentality point of view, you, you can't cancel out any any nation. Not to mention a nation that has gone through adversity. And um, for Jamaica, I, I remember um, any any team that comes through that adversity, um, like Jamaica, I think they're going to be a tough team. And not to mention their strengths, which are their power, their their unpredictability, their their speed, their fans. Yeah, and yeah. their fans. Yeah, so. Look, I, I think they're going to be a tough team and um, I'm sure Ante will look at this um, playing against Jamaica depending on his analysis uh, through the tournament. But this will be an opportunity for him to rest players um, or the starting lineup, especially with the depth and the balance that he's, he's created in the Matildas. A player to
1: watch from Jamaica?
3: Khadijah sure bunny sure <laughs> it's all it's about like, the yeah, yeah, I heard about bunny <laughs> but I've got I've got one more thing to say did you know that they've gone through a very active recruitment strategy and 16 of their team although it hasn't been finally named this is their preliminary squad got their first cap in the last year and a half so they've actively gone out to find women particularly in the. US that have Jamaican ancestry and they've pulled this team together but as Heather said you know what they lack with experience they absolutely make up with all of these amazing other factors like grit tenacity and and they did
1: have to fundraise to get to the world cup too and an airline has jumped in to help them out a little bit with sponsorship but they did have to fundraise so they've done it the hard way and they're going to try and make it count and will be well maybe not a walkover but certainly a, a challenge of a different kind for the matildas that is our preview of group c tal heather Ante, thank you so much for your thoughts We say goodbye for now until Group C kicks off on June 9 with Australia taking on Italy. We hope you can join us then on Optus Sport and for all of the other 51 games as we bring you every single moment.